Hello. Okay, good evening everyone. Thank you for joining. Tonight's year was dedicated to my by my dear friend Ashkan Mordechai Tabibna. This is in honor of his mother for Rafur Shalema for his mom, Leah Ava Bat Heshmat for Rafur Shalema. May she be in her full health and uh, get all better, perfectly better. Uh, she should return even better than she was before. I uh, remember her birthday party. She's a very special woman. May Hashem Bencher in good health and much bracha to you and your family for all that you need and all that you want. Thank you. Um, okay. I have to leave soon. I actually need to take a flight over to New York. Um, so I have to, I know I sometimes get carried away and I lose a uh, thing, but I have to make sure that I keep my eye on the clock. Got to run out to the airport. Okay, and so my head is a little bit famished, but let's see what we can pull, pull off. Uh, just have a wedding in New York. Oh, I'd like to mention also a big mazel tov to Beryl Politico and his Kala Khana. I don't know their last name. May they build the Binyan Adeyad, a, a beautiful home, a lot of mazel, a lot of bracha. Big mazel tov to the Hassan's parents, not the Kala's parents, but the Hassan's parents that I know. Matul. Um, and Shula Politico. Big, big mazel tov. And lots and lots of nachas from them and from all the others. Okay, ready to go. So what's on everybody's mind, obviously, today is the uh, election day, November 3rd, and it's, 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 it's a big day. It's a big day because it's gonna decide a lot the future of the direction of the world. You know, if you, if you go outside, you, you hear from everybody, you know, this is the most important election in their lifetime. Um, but I don't look at this from a political point of view. I'm looking at this very much from a from from the realms of spirit from the spiritual. Um, maybe I'm a little different than most other rabbis, and maybe some other rabbis. I know definitely some rabbis are saying it. I'm, I'm generally more tuned in, or I live more in a little bit more in in the mystical side of things, um, and that's where I like to uh, find my energy and the energy of what I'm saying and thinking and speaking about. To me, this seems like a culmination tomorrow of a major cosmic battle. I don't know if it's the culmination, but it's definitely, um, let's hope it's the, it's the culmination, not, uh, not just another phase. Let's hope it's the culmination and the grand finale, if we can say, of this final battle. Um, seems to be this massive battle regarding Mashiach. That's the way I see it. Um, I know that not everybody has the same political views or the same ideas. Again, I'm not coming to this from political. It's not like, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm um, leaning towards conservative views over liberal views. Although, in, in a lot of Torah elements and the way we look at life, we are tend to be more conservative. Not completely, 
many, many um, um, qualities of liberalism are rooted in Torah. And, you know, like the previous Chabad Rebbe said, when they asked him which, which thing is the truth, they were talking about the, the, in his days there was huge um, major um, disputes going on in, um, in the different factions that were all rivaling one with each other. There was this and this and all the different, 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 different groups then in Russia and so forth. And people couldn't make up their minds. There was like such a, a, a so many different political, there was such turmoil. And the Friedrich Rebbe then said that, and they asked him, what is the Torah view? And he said that in each one of these, um, in each one of these um, groups or each one of these um, uh, isms, if you can call them, there's a little bit of truth. The Torah is the truth of all these <laughs> together. So there's a certain sensitivity and kindness and so on and so forth that at least is, is certain, at least spoken of in, 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 on, on the, in the left and so on and so forth that, um, that has value and a lot of value. So I'm, I'm not talking from a political point of view at all. I'm looking at this completely from as I spoke in so many classes, uh, from a purely spiritual place, in the sense that, you know, I, there is, from what I know from Torah, and what I know from the Lubavitcher Rebbe particularly, is that we're living in the days of Mashiach. That means that the world now has to be, Mashiach is unfolding. The, the redemption of the Jewish people is unfolding. Part of that redemption has to be that the Jewish people return to the land of Israel and take possession of the land of Israel and we build a temple. That has to happen. Now, of course, that final project, the building of the temple, is done by Mashiach himself. Um, however, the process of seeing to it, it seems like from what is discussed in many books and also in, in uh, the, particularly in, in the Rebbe's talks, in the Lubavitcher Rebbe's talks, is that it's going to be some kind of in a process that the world is going to participate in. I mean, it's not going to be a fireworks from the sky, but it's going to be some kind of a process where the the elements of the who were originally of the unholy are going to participate and become an alliance to holiness. And the Rebbe spoke about that a lot, and the Rebbe even spoke about the forces of Esav and the forces of particularly spoke about Esav. It says in Sfarim regarding Yishmael as well. Yishmael does tshuva. So when you're looking at a world today and you're seeing, you know, what, what seems to be, which force in the world seems to be routing or rooting for the, the, the strengthening of the Jewish presence in the land of Israel. And which force, God forbid, is on the other side, um, you know, trying to bring a, 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 um, a political resolution to all of this and but one that gives far too much power to the Palestinian people that want to claim Jerusalem as theirs. I mean, I'm, I'm not claiming to come to this from a purely humanistic or whatever. That's not my business over here. I mean, I'm, I'm very comfortable with the fact that God promised the land of Israel to the Jewish people. And therefore, I'm very proud to say that this is a land that's going to be ours, going to belong to, to Jews. I'm not getting into the politics. If the Palestinians were there, they weren't there. It's all irrelevant. Um, that might sound religiously fanatic, but that's that's uh, that's still a promise of God. If you believe in the Torah, and that's the way it's got to be, and that's the way it's going to be. 
it might be that they, you know, that the Palestinians never had a claim to that land, that the whole thing is a fabrication. But I'll leave that to uh, polit uh, political experts. Um, I'm looking at this completely from the perspective that when Mashiach comes, the land of Israel has to be firmly in the hands of the Jewish people, temple has to be built, and so on and so forth. And we have to make sure that, the, that Israel and the Jewish people are not under the threat, God forbid, of a nuclear holocaust. So those are just a few of the ideas. There's another element that Mashiach's world also involves a recognition of God and a certain sense of a, a godly morality. And I spoke about this two weeks ago already. And that too has to be understood, has to be taken into consideration. And that is that if Mashiach means that God is comfortable in this world, that means God is taken seriously. The basics of a, of a godly morality. God did instruct us on marriage. God wants a man to marry a woman and definitely doesn't like the idea of everybody choosing their gender. That's not a godly world. Um, and God also cares very much for the preservation of life and, um, the pro and to the preservation of unborn life as well. Um, we need to be very, very, very cautious with and, and do whatever we can to preserve the lives of everyone, including unborn children. So when you're looking at, at that, at the world, and you're looking at which group and who is, the spot, who is um, calling for what, you see clearly where, what this clash is all about. Those that are sadly today's days on the left, in, in this election represented by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, um, is, is in, in, in terms of Israel, they, they, they're going to reconnect to the, you know, after, the, the pre, after Donald Trump had shut down the Palestinian terrorist organization and shut them out and kicked them out of Washington and defunded them and, and kind of weakened them. It's unbelievable how weak, generally has weakened terrorism in the world. If you think about how many terrorist attacks happened in Israel in the last couple of years compared to what was going on during the Obama years, it, 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 it's, it's mind-boggling how tiny and, and, and insignificant it is because he weakened it, and generally weakened it, and the elimination of ISIS, the weakening of everything that stood against Israel and the weakening of Iran in this unbelievable way by killing Soleimani and by, by, by choking them financially, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. And as I mentioned, it's so unexpected. Um, but also um, religious religious rights and a certain recognition of a God-given morality and acknowledging of God and not completely selling out just to science. Uh, understanding, yes, science, science, but there is a, there is a, 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 a master of the universe who, who's, who, 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 who takes precedence over science. Or do we worship science? Do we worship just what man understands and God becomes a completely non-factor? I think that's the way I see it, is the root of this election. So we're rooting, if we're rooting for God, we're rooting for Israel, and obviously we're rooting for Mashiach. If that's the case, I would like to take a look at the Torah portion that we're going to read tomorrow. And again, I'm, I, 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 I'm perfectly fine with anybody that argues with me and has different opinions. That's fine. I'm not telling you you must... It doesn't make a difference if I tell you or not. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an authority that you have to listen to. I'm just saying what my opinion is, okay? So everybody, 
vote your conscience and vote your hearts and vote your mind. Vote what you believe is, is right and true. But go vote, yeah. In any case, because that's a power that Hashem has given us in this free country, so we have to, we have to, we have to exercise it. I do want to take a look at this week's parsha and see if perhaps there could be any clues, particularly in the portion of the parsha that is dealing with um, tomorrow's portion. Because we know the parsha is divided in what you read for Sunday or Monday, seven aliyahs corresponding to the seven days of the week. We read it on Shabbos, but every week there's a custom to read the Chumash and the Chumash of the day. So tomorrow's Chumash, which is election day, is an interesting story. It's the story of the two angels that are going to Sodom. They were sent to the five cities, Sodom and Amorah, to uh, turn, turn it over. That was not such a, when I looked a few, few like about a few months ago or two months ago, when I looked up election day and what Chumash we're gonna learn, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> Talking about a destruction of a city, a corrupted, a corrupted city. Um, just like tomorrow is also, well not tomorrow, the next day is also the beginning of the flood. So these were, in, in terms of the calendar, yeah. So these were two things that, at first glance, um, I didn't, um, I wasn't too excited when I found this out to be the Torah portion for election day. Um, yet, with deeper inspection, it seems like we have very good news. It seems like we have very good news to share. So, I first want to say an interesting thing that occurred to me last week. I spoke about it in Shul last Shabbos. Is that, you know, last week in the Torah portion, we have already a story of Avram. Oh, one more thing. So, you got the, 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 the gods. You don't have the destruction of Sodom. That happens the next day. That's going to be, on when, that's going to be studied on Wednesday, the portion related to it. You have the extraction God sends the angels to um, extract Lot. Lot and his two daughters are saved from the city. And I think that's very crucial. I think that's very telling and that's very related to uh, hopefully tomorrow's elections. Um, okay. So to, to get this, we find that Avram Avinu, our forefather Abraham, is very strongly... Um, connected to this individual by the name of Lot. Lot is his nephew. Now, Lot ain't no big tzaddik. Okay? He's, not, he's not such a righteous person. But yet, Avram is very, very close to him. He defends him. He risks his life. In last week's Torah portion, Pashas Lachlachal, we learned already that, the, that Avram and Lot had this argument and they separated. And Avram went to, um, you know, Lot went off and he moved away. They were both very wealthy because he came out of Egypt. He went a lot of wealth. And then there was a, some kind of a, um, they didn't get along with each other. They had a conflict, and Avram sends, tells Lot, let's, let's separate. That means he was, and Rashi says he was a wicked person. As long as he, the, the wicked person was with him, God didn't even want to speak with Avram. So this was, you know, he was not a good guy. Yet, we find that, the, that later the Torah relates a story how there was this massive, um, a massive coalition of armies that came together to fight a war. The four kings came to fight against the five kings. And when the four kings came, and after they finished and they defeated the five kings, which those were the, the kings of Sodom, um, Lot was taken into captivity. And we find that Abraham, Avram, goes to fight on behalf of the five kings, against the four kings. 
the champions of the war, the four, beat the five. They were, they were coming home, marching to victory. And Avram, a single man with just his one servant, goes out to battle them. Or he took 318 men, or you know, it's different, different understanding of what exactly happened. But 318 men, even if they were 318 men, to go fight these m- m- armies of, of, of probably tens of thousands of soldiers, it's, 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 it's amazing. And yet Avram defeated them. He chased them, he defeated them, and he managed to get all, all, the, all the captivity and all the spoils. He took it all back. Incredible. So it's interesting, when the Torah relates that story, so in the beginning, Rashi tells us that it lists the names of the four kings and it lists the names of the five kings. So when it lists the names of the four kings, it mentions... Um, the first one, his name is Amraphel. And Rashi says that Amraphel is Nimrod. Good. That's Nimrod. Okay. That's been already you know, an enemy of, of Abraham, of Avram, for a long time. He was the one who threw him, threw him into the furnace of fire, wanted to kill him because he offended the idols. Fine. Um, but then the rest of the names, Rashi doesn't explain anything about them. When it comes to the five kings, you can look in Rashi. Rashi explains every name how these names are wicked names. They're wicked names because they're obviously the carriers of those names were wicked people. I'll give you a whole thing about how these people were wicked. Fine. So it's strange to me when I was reading it because Rashi did not say regarding the four kings that they were wicked. So it seems like maybe it's quite possible that uh, the four kings were not as wicked as the five kings. Later you see that God spills his wrath on these very five kings that Avram went to fight for the, uh, in last week's Torah portion. A couple of years later, God has to wipe them off the map, literally destroy them. We, the symbol of a, of a wicked society is Sodom and Amorah. They're wicked people. Yet Avram goes and fights for them. And from Rashi, it seems to apply that in, on, on, of personal virtue, these people are of a much greater um, personal flaws than the other four kings. Yet Avram defends the five and he fights the four. I find that like kind of strange. So I think that's very telling. And that's just an introduction to what we're going to talk about today. I think that's very telling because a lot of people are not comfortable with the choice. Because a lot of people don't like the personality of President Trump. They really don't, and they feel that he's a harsh and crash. You know, it's just, uh, you know, and again, this is not the. And yet, he's done amazing things. Done amazing, amazing things for the Jewish people. I think he's done amazing things in general for the world. Um, and I believe that the reason he has this nature is this is the only thing would, that would enable him to do what he needs to do, and that is to be a klipa buster, to shatter and break elements that need to be shattered. If you're, if you're a very sweet human being, or very, what we might call, presidential human being, you couldn't do it. So he has to be ferocious. He has to have uh, incredible chutzpah to get to be able to do what he needs to do. But even if you're going to say, you know, you prefer a president that's more of refined character, and even if you're going to say, okay, after all the stuff that has been coming out on his rival uh, with, with, with all the stuff that has been going on, which the media doesn't want to touch, 
uh, to to take a look what, what, what kind of stuff we've been uh, again I'm not here judging all of this because nothing has been proven yet to be fully true unless it's investigated but there isn't an FBI investigation so you know to, to make the other fellow a big tzaddik and to, again I don't think that's correct either but I'm saying even if that would be true even if we would say that Biden is a sweetheart and Harris is just this wonderful people really 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 nice lovable people and 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 and, and uh and, and even if you're going to argue and say that Trump is a nasty guy, even if you would, and I don't believe that either, okay? I'm not, I'm not, again, but I'm saying it's interesting that Rashi points out that the five kings are very wicked, yet Avram Avinu goes to defend. Why does Yaak Avram go to defend? Why does, he why does he join the wicked team against the good guys? Not the good guys, I'm not going to say them the good guys, but the lesser of the evil. And the answer is because the, these five, they might be personally have their issues and they might have their problems. But they're not interfering with the divine agenda. They're not fighting God. They're, you know, they got their problems. They're misbehaving. They're having, I don't know, they're having affairs. They're not in their moral personal marriages. They might not be tzaddikim. They might not be that nice. They may be, you know, they engage maybe in some, I don't know, there's corruption going on. Okay, fine. Let's, let's, let's take that. They're not the holies. But they're not. Now, every person's life interferes with the greater, you know, and you should be lived in it all counts. I'm not saying there's, there isn't one act in the world that doesn't impact the world, you know? And, and I don't mean that. I mean to say that in the general picture, there are those that are bent and are directly interfering, meaning fighting something godly. Nimrod was here to destroy Abraham, Avram Avinu. God's plan for the world was through Avram. Nimrod hated Avram. Or more particularly, he wasn't so much after Avram, he was after Avram's offspring. Nimrod means rebel against God. Avram means the implementation of God's kingdom, primarily through his grandson, great-great-grandson, Moshiach. Moshiach is the opposite of rebellion against God. Moshiach will reign in all of humanity to serve God. So Nimrod, who's likes rebelling against God is obviously going to go and want to destroy Mashiach. And because he wants to destroy Mashiach, he's after a man called Lot. Because Lot is the forebearer of Mashiach. Because Lot's granddaughter, I'm sorry, Lot's grandson is Ammon and Moab. Eventually it's going to be Ruth, Ruth who's the great-great-grandmother of King David. That's seed. And it seems like whether consciously or subconsciously, the forces of Klippa know that. And therefore, they want to snuff it out. They want to destroy it. They want to fight it. They want to, they want to, they want to um, eliminate it before, right, before it even has a chance to, you know, to release its power in the world. They want to abort it. That's what they want to do, a Mashiach abortion. That's what they wanted. And that's why these four kings came to fight against Lot. Here, they're messing with God's inner interest. And that's what counts. So Avram is going to go team up with the most wicked of people because they're not, they're not fighting God. They're not fighting God's agenda of Mashiach. Those four kings were fighting Mashiach. So if we need a little clarification for what I think is the way we vote in this election is we wonder who is fighting Mashiach.
And I think it's, it's very clear. The reestablishment of bringing back the, the, the Palestinians to the table, bringing back the Oslo approach, bringing back the two-state solution, bringing back the splitting of Jerusalem. It's not just one of the issues. This is the issue of all issues. This is the interference with God's plan of a temple, of, of a temple on the Temple Mount. This is not allowing Mashiach to come, especially right now when it's the time for redemption to happen. And that's why case is closed. There's nothing more to talk about. Nothing else is important in my mind. Again, even if it's just this matter, this is it. So now let's take a look at this parsha, and let's see how it, how it, how this expresses itself in this week's Torah portion, with the story of Lot. So you have an interesting thing. We find that God is very angry at Sodom, and He wants to wipe out all of Sodom, those five cities, because they're very wicked people. And we find that Avram Avinu steps up, and that's not in, tom in tomorrow's Chumash. Again, the Chumash relating to the day of the election, but that is in. Today's Chumash. So Avram steps up and he is outright going to wrestle with God. Mamash, he stands up and he's defending them. And he, 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 the way he speaks to Hashem is shocking. He's literally acting as an advocate, but the way he's, he says, it's Halila Lacha. It's, 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 it's not befitting for you, God, to kill the, the righteous together with the wicked. Can't do that. The judge of the entire world is not going to do a correct judgment. I mean, and so for who is and for who is he arguing? For who is he arguing? For the wicked people of Saddam. So there's a lot of lessons to learn to learn from here. But it's interesting because it, you can't say that Avram is just you know a defender of every human being and fights for every human. You could say that, but because you see that when he went to fight against the four kings, Avram Avinu spilled blood he, he killed people he was worried when he came back that's why it says that shame came out to greet him and blessed him and told him I'm, I don't know how hold it against you that you killed my ancestor my um, my grandchildren he killed lots of people he must have killed thousands of people because when it's needed it's necessary in, in that time at war fine but suddenly over here for these wicked of the wicked he's standing up and he's fighting like so there's a lot of answers to this, but I want to focus particularly on one. Today's class, in general, is going to be a little more homolytical, meaning a little bit not so much al pipshat. I'm not saying that I'm explaining this all on the simple explanation, but rather a little bit more. Um... So it says in Svarim, okay? Um, I discussed this a lot. I used to give a class, which I should really reinstate. It was called Mashiach Matters. And we went through many, many, many stories in the Torah and to find the Mashiach, uh, the Mashiach spark. So in those classes, when I got to this story, I discussed it at great length. And now I'm just doing a, a, a little of a synopsis and a little picking on certain things, which I think is stunningly relating to tomorrow. And perhaps we will find the, over here signs that there's going to be, and again, I have no idea what the outcome is going to come. I pray and I hope. I have my, 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 my trust and my hope, uh, but I don't know. It can, it can go. Only God knows, but I, I, I hope Hashem should help. In any case, what does the Torah say? 
Oh, so we're saying, why is Avram putting up such a fight? Such a fight. So, and it's interesting, he negotiates. What does he negotiate? He negotiates and he says, maybe there's 50 tzaddikim, 50 righteous people. Then he says, maybe there's 45. Then he says 40. Then 30, then 20, then 10. Those are the numbers. So generally he sticks to tens. One place by 45, he fights for 45. Yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Maybe there's 50. Maybe there's 45. It's the only number that's not, that's not the even number. Maybe there's 45. Maybe there's, there's 40. Maybe there's 30. Maybe there's 20. So what's significant with these numbers? Why is he using this amount? So here's the thing. What Avram really was concerned was not so much for all the people of Sodom. Avram Avinu knew Avram was really davening for the saving of Lot. But he couldn't just justify it because Lot was wicked with them. He couldn't say to God, save Lot because he's my nephew. And, and the rest are not God's creations. They're God's creations. Just because he's my nephew, that's why he should be saved. And what's with everybody else? The real reason why Avram was not going to allow the destruction of Lot wasn't just because Lot was his nephew, but rather because the spark of Mashiach was in Lot. The Midrash tells us. The Pasuk says, and later in the parsha it says um, that he went and he go, um, it says uh, in Pasuk uh, uh, Tezvav, uh, verse 15, it says, Kamaya Shaya, uh, and the, the Malachim Talot, go take your wife, and your two daughters, and that are to be found. So the Midrash on the word that are to be found says, Ah, who is found? To be found in the city? They're living there. What do you mean to be found? As if they just popped in there. Nah, 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 nah. God says, I found someone there. I found a spark that needs to be, that can't be destroyed. And who's that spark? That's the spark. That's the spark of David Amelch. That's the spark of Mashiach. David Malka Mashiach. Mashiach Tzedkenu, King David. The, the verse says, Matsasi David Avdi. I found David my servant. So when Avram Avinu is laying himself on the line to pray, is because he does not want, God forbid, the destruction of the spark which is the whole power of Mashiach. And even though that spark is right now buried in an unholy place, but still, you can't kill and destroy something and, 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 and along with the destruction of the evil, you're going to destroy the spark, which means you're going to destroy the whole future of the world's redemption. Now, doesn't God know that on his own? God knows that on his own. But God gives it over to the tzaddikim to run the affairs of this world, which means to persuade him and to direct him. That's the way it is. So Avram Avinu needs to, needs to demand this and ask this. And that's why it's interesting. It's, it's, it's hinted to when Avram is praying, it says that Avram is, he's still omeid sham. Right? right when he begins his prayer, the Avram oidenu omeid Avram is still standing in front of God. So the, it says in Sfarim, now I, I collected this from a bunch of books. Most of them are written in this Sefer, this is where I took it from, Yalkut Mashiach Ha'Geula. It's a great 
compilation of writings from different um, svarim, and it, it, it basically collects anywhere it's written about Moshiach on the parsha. It, it's, uh, it um, mentions it. A really good book written by, there's one on each set parsha. It's, it's uh, compiled by Rabbi Dubov. In any case, so on the words Oidenu Omeid, that Avram, Avram is still standing there, that means Avram took a stand. The word Omeid is, is Rosh Tevis, which means the, it's the acronym of the word Mem Dalet Ayin Matsasi David Avdi. I found David my servant. So Avram is still standing over there because he's going to make a stand for what it says, Matsasi, God says, I have found David my servant. So we have to rescue David, who is in Lot, who is in Sodom. That will also explain when Avram Avinu is arguing the numbers, why he argues this number. If you take all these numbers together, you take, um, as we said earlier, 50, 45, is 95, okay, 50 and 45 is 95. Then you have 40, 30, 20, and 10. So that equals 100. 40 and 30 is 70, 20 and 10 is 30, is 100. So together you have 195. That's gematria hakates, the end. We know, because Yaakov legalois es hakates, Yaakov wanted to reveal the kates. Kates is Mashiach, hakates, that's what it's called, the kates. Gematria 195. So when Avram Avinu was davening for these numbers, is because he's davening for Hakates, for the coming of Mashiach. Another Remez is brought, again, by one of the great Sadiqim. I don't remember everybody's name for this because I was a compilation from a whole bunch of books. So um, where he where he says, if you if you if you you can divide it as follows. The first two, 50 and 45, equal 95. What's the significance of 95? 95, he says, is the name of the unity of God that is going to be in the days of Mashiach. Today's days, we know that in general, God's name is Yudke Vavke, is Tetragrammaton, Yudke Vavke, is Gematria 26. But we know that we're always, into, in order to bring godliness into this world, we have to make a yichud. A yichud means a unity. A unity between two forces. Between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah. And we do that by unifying the energy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is Yudke Vavke, and the energy of the Shekhinah, which is Aleph Dalet Nun Yud. Aleph Ado, Aleph Dalet Nun Yud is the Shekhinah which means the master, and you unify both. So 26 and Aleph Dalet Nun Yud is 65, equals 91. That's why, and that's the same gematria as the word Amen. Every time you say Amen is 91, because by saying Amen, we are intending this unity. But that's the, the way it is today's days. The unity, the main primary unity, Yichud, that is applicable today's days, is 91. However, at the time of the coming of Mashiach, the unity is going to be 95. Why? Because it says, 
when Mashiach will come, Bayoimahu on that day, Hashem Achod. The word God's name will not be Yudke Vavke. God's name will be Yudke Yudke. So the Yud, the Vav will turn into a Yud. The latter part of God's name is not going to be a Vav and a it's going to be a Yud. So Yudke and Yudke together is 30, not 26. So 20, so God, the tetragrammaton will then be spelled Yudke Yudke, which is 30, plus 65 is 95. So when Avram Avinu is davening, he's davening for the final unity. So that's why he picks these numbers 50 and 45, which is 95. But it's not enough. That's yud, That's that's the yichud, that's the unity. But we also need it to manifest in a, in a revelation, which is Hashem's kingship to be revealed. The other letters, 40, 30, 20, and 10, spell out the word yimloch. 10 is, 10 is um, yud, then mem is 40, lamed is 30, and chaf is 20. So yudke, yudke, it's... It's the Yichud, it's 95 plus Yimloch, which we say Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach. God is, was, is king now. Malach, Hashem Yimloch, he will be king. That's referring to the future messianic times. So really what Avram is dominating over here is purely for the full revelation of Hashem Yimloch le'olam v'ad. Which I believe is going to break out right now as a result of this election. I believe it's going to break out as a result of a stunning victory that is going to happen tomorrow. Bezrat Hashem. Please, God. Now, it's interesting. Since Avram Avinu is davening for someone who externally is not the most refined, elevated human being. He's Lot. Lot is not the best of the best. Lot actually means curse in Aramaic. But he has a spark of Mashiach buried inside of him. And Avram is, is praying for that spark. That's who he's intending. That's why he says to God, and this is stated by both the Be'er Mayim Chaim, Reb Chaim of Chernovitz, a great Hasidic Rebbe, a masterful orator and teacher that's an incredible book called Be'er Mayim Chaim. It's one of the uh, very fundamental Sifrei Chassidus, especially for beginners. And um, he's the one who wrote this other sefer called Sidurei Shel Shabbos. And also in the Chassam Sefer says the same idea. That when Avram Avinu says to God that um, he uses these words, he says, are you going to kill? Lohamis Tzadik Im Russia? You're going to kill the Tzadik with the Russia. You're going to go wipe out a, a tzaddik. He says, maybe there are tzaddikim in the city. Are you going to kill the, the tzaddik with the wicked, the, the righteous with the, with the sinners? Are you going to kill everybody equally? Are you going to swoop and just wipe off the whole city? How can you do that? So they explain. Avram Avinu never, God forbid, there wasn't even a thought that God was going to kill righteous people. God would never do that, to kill the, the righteous for no reason, together with the wicked. If Hashem is doing that, so when, he, when, he's, when he's saying to kill the righteous, he's not talking about righteous that are physically manifest alive. He says by killing the wicked, and these wicked are wicked people who contain within themselves the spark of Mashiach. That means they have the tzad, that's what it means, tzaddik im rasha. The tzaddik who's together with the rasha. He's talking about one person who externally is a rasha, but internally is a tzaddik. 
So you're going to go kill the tzaddik with the Russia? You can't do that. So again, this was a fight. Avram Avinu is fighting for Mashiach. He's fighting for, the, for, the, for, the, for King David. He's fighting for the Davidic kingdom, for Malchus based David. That's why the prayer, that's why the insistence. So now, when we take a look at the first Pasuk, and it says, that the two angels after God, and Avram Avinu then prevailed because he actually, he doesn't save the cities, but he saves the, the sparks. God sends the angels to take Sodom, to take Lot and his two daughters out. Okay. It says the two Malachim came to Sodom, and Lot was sitting at the entrance of Sodom. It says Lot got up and he ran towards them. He bowed down to them. And he says, please, my masters, come into my house. Wash your feet. Lodge here. Wash your feet. And you go. They said, no, 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 we don't want to. We'll, we'll sleep on the street. And he begs them. He begs them. And then they turn around. And, they, and Rashi says the way Vayasuru means they... They were afraid to go directly into his house because Sodom was a very, they, 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 they were a very wicked place and they didn't allow anybody to take in guests. So he had to s- circumvent and go around about way to his house. And he made for them a, a mishta, uh, he made for them a party, uh, a drinking meal, whatever. Or matzah is often he made matzah for them by Yochelo when they ate. So the Be'er Mayim Chaim asks the question again, that same book I mentioned earlier, he asks the question. He says, we find that when Shimshon HaGibor meets, um, when the Malachim, the Malach comes to the father of Samson, of Shimshon, and uh, the Ma- his name is Manoach, and Manoach asks the Malach, please stay for us, we'll, 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 we'll give you dinner. And the Malach says, you know, basically I don't eat, we don't eat. And we know that it was a very big deal that the Malachim came and they ate by Avram Avinu, because angels don't eat. But by Avram they ate, because <laughs> Avram they ate. This, this is actually an argument if they really ate or they pretended to eat. But even if we say that they really ate, because Avram's food, because Avram is such a tzaddik, his food is so elevated. So even angels can eat the food of Avram Avinu. But the Lot is not a tzaddik. You know, you would have to probably have to know if you know you trust the kashrut in his house. And 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 here they're going, they're eating by him. Angels. So he explains that Hashem, this was all part of the master plan to save to save Lot. Lot needed a merit, so the Malachim were going to eat by him. And what happened was, he says an interesting thing. He says Lot has within himself, as we said earlier, the spark of King David. He has within himself the spark of Mashiach. That spark was buried very deep inside of him. All his life until this point, it was never activated. It lay dormant. And therefore he was extremely wicked and he would not, because he, he asked the question, since when is Lot such a tzaddik suddenly and the guests don't want to come in and he's begging them and begging and begging, he's risking his own life. Why is he doing that? So he brings a secret from the holy Arizal. And the Arizal says that when Esau that when Esav pestered, um, when Esav uh, tricked his father Yitzchak, and Yitzchak thought he was a righteous person, 
and really was a wicked man. So it says, so the, the question is, how could Yitzchak have been fooled by Esau? So the Pasuk says, Esau was able to fool him, because he fooled him with his mouth. He asked him, you know, questions that he, he made himself look like a tzaddik, but he was a very wicked person. But the Holy Ari gives a deeper explanation. He says, Esau was the father of great converts. Rabbi Meir comes from Esau. Unkelis uh, Hager comes from, he was a Roman, comes from Esau. Avadia, the, the prophet, is a descendant of Esau. So there were very, very high souls that are buried in Esau. When Esau would come in front of Yitzchak, these sparks of holiness that were in his soul were activated because they, they picked up on Yitzchak. When they're buried in this dark, evil person, they're dormant, they're quiet, and they can't have an impact. But when they come close to a powerful Wi-Fi of holiness, a powerful projection, they're stirred. So when Esau stood in front of Yitzchak, he wasn't talking, these sparks were talking. And since these sparks were talking, Yitzchak was communicating with these sparks of holiness, and that's why he's seeing righteousness, he's sensing a holy energy, which is there in Esau. So he says the same thing happened over here. When these angels came to Lot, and especially now, since Lot needed the merit, and they're coming because they're coming for that spark, the sparks were activated. And it's for that reason that Lot is suddenly becoming the biggest, he's, he's becoming a, a force of goodness. He's running, he's begging them. He's saying, please come to my house. It's not him. He's being driven by a force that's driving within him. And that's what he's doing. And that's why he explains over here, Vayiftzer, um, um, it says, Vayiftzer, bum. He begged, they pestered the angels, bum, them, ma'od very much. So he says two, two things. First he says more like, Bederach Rem, Vayiftzer, they pestered, and then the word bum stands for, um, I forgot already what he says. I'm, I'm sorry for that. He, but he says, Vayiftzor, I'll tell you the second Pirush. Vayiftzor, he, he pestered. Bum in them, but who? Who was the one that was pestering them? Who was the one that was begging them? Who, this wasn't Lot. This was, this was who? Ma'od. Who is Ma'od? And this is crucial for tonight's class. Running out of time. I got to go soon. But let me. Ma'od, the word Ma'od, is the same letters as the word Adam. Now, who's Adam? Adam is Adam, the first human being. But we know that Adam really is Mashiach. That's why the word Adam stands for Adam David Mashiach, Aleph Dalad Mem. So Adam is Mashiach. King David. And we know that King David is deeply connected to Adam. Also, Adam, Adam David Mashiach. It says David doesn't have any life. The 70 years of life that he got, he got from Adam. So David is connected to Adam and Adam David Mashiach. So who was the one Vayiftzer? Who was the one that was begging? It was Adam. Now, he doesn't say this, but the Shalah HaKadosh says this, and it's brought in many places. The outside has to match the inside. Who's the outside? The outside is Lot. Inside is Adam. Uh, is Mashiach. That's the one, that, that's the one who's, who's begging. And that was activated. 
And by the way, that's what it says, Vayasuru, they went around the belt, a love to him, means they went around Lot and they went to the spark. They weren't eating in Lot's house. They were eating in the house of King David, the house of Mashiach, Mashiach's palace. That's why they ate. They wouldn't eat by this wicked man. They tapped in much deeper than the external. By Yasuru, they went around, a love to him, to that spark. And that's what it also says, and they came, El Beisoy, to his house. Whose house? Vayavoyu El Beisoy, to his house, Mashiach's house. Which house is this? This King David's house, he says. This is the Beisamigdus, the holy temple. Because King, what's the greatness of King David, of David the Melech, is that he built the Beisamigdus. Vayavoyu El Beisoy, they came to that house. And that's why Vayaslahem Mishte, it was that spark that inspired. Now, of course, it was Lot doing it, but Lot wasn't doing it because he was doing it. He was doing it because he was energized by a spark of Mashiach, by the spark of, of David Amelech that was inside of him. And that's why they ate. And it's interesting, he says, that's why first they ate at Avram's house, and now they ate at Lot. He says, Avram, we know, is a chariot. It says, God, there are four legs of the divine chariot. We might say four wheels. Avram is one. Yitzchak is the second, Yaakov is the third, and who's the fourth? King David. So first they ate at Avram's house, who was the first, the first leg of the chariot, and then they ate at David HaMelech's palace in Lot. It wasn't Lot. It was David HaMelech. It was the Pneumius. But watch this. The Chitzonius, the external, has to match the Pneumius, has to match the inside. So if the inside is Adam, Aleph, Dalad, Mem, the word Ma'od, that's the spark. Adam, David, Mashiach. Aleph, Dalet, Mem is Gematria 45. Aleph, Dalet, Mem. Mem is 40. Lot, let's see. Lamed is 30. Plus Vav is 36. Plus 9, 45. Lot is Gematria 45. So it says, in Kabbalah it says, Narizal says, Lot is the backside of King Adam. He's the hindsight of him. And that's why he carries within him the spark of Mashiach. That's the ultimate Adam. He's like the shell of it. So this is, I think, a very big secret. Connecting it to what's happening, just brief, I believe that the current president, Donald Trump, is a messianic figure and a messianic force in the world, and I don't believe consciously. Again, I'm not getting in what his motivations are, but he's been an instrument of Mashiach Tzitkenu. There is a powerful force of Mashiach that's operating through this human being. And he is president number 45. We've discussed earlier in earlier classes how it seems like, you know, there are those who compare him to Koresh, Cyrus, those who compare, and in many classes we discussed, he exhibits all the features of Esau, Esau, who is also going to do tshuva and, 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 and join Yaakov for the redemption. Tonight, I want to suggest, because the elections are coming out tomorrow, that perhaps there is some elements of lot to him. And here's a really cool thing. Talk about everything being hinted to in the Torah. So someone sends me an email yesterday. Hashem say it helps. Because I was mystified, the connection. Someone sends me an email. I'm sorry, I can't give credit to the person because I don't remember. 
his name. Someone sent me. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, don't remember the one who sent me the email. I don't know him. He just sent me an email. And over there, it says that he says he says like this. In Rashi, it says that the two kings came to Sodom, and Lot was sitting at the entrance of Sodom. Yoshev, he sits. So it should say Yoshev. He was sitting. Yoshev means he's currently sitting. So Rashi makes an interesting statement. It's the first pasuk of tomorrow's Chumash. Talk about a hint to the election. Veloit Yoshe b'shaastoim Yashav k'siv. No, it's we read it Yoshev. He's been sitting, but Yashav implies that he just sat down. Veloit Yashav. Why? He says Oisa. Why is he sitting there? Because Oisa Yoyim inuhu shoifet aleim. That day, Lot was appointed to be the judge. Ah, this was election day. In Sodoma, it was election day. And Lot was, won the elections and he was appointed. So he told me, this person said, that the word Vilot and Lot is Gematria Adom, Edom, Aleph, Dalet, Vav, Mem. Gematria, what did I say? Uh, 51. Edom, 51. And he said, no, it's, it's, it's a sign for election. And it seems to be saying that that day he was elected. Edom means red, that there, there will be a huge red victory tomorrow. That was when he sent me a, a sign that there will be a, a victory for the red. The Republicans will win. And I sent him back. I said, but Lot himself, take away the Villot, just the name Lot is Gematria 45. And this president is the 45th president. If Biden wins, he's going to be president number 46. But 45 is this president. The Lloyd Yoshev and Lloyd and Lloyd was elected. 45 was elected for what? For a second term. But it fits very good with what I'm saying. It doesn't make a difference whether one is excited or not excited about the finesse of the president about his mannerisms and all that. that. That's not the issue over here. I don't even believe that there is any, we know especially by kings, it says that God, they're, they're in Hashem's hands. In him, it's like what Hashem saw through, through this individual, in terms of furthering the redemption for the Jewish people is stunning, and we haven't seen anything yet compared to what is coming in the next four years. If there's anybody that needs to completely shift the entire world and has the ability to do so towards Mashiach Tzadkenu, He's the man. Veloit Yashav, 45, sits. Oise Hayoim, that day. That's incredible. Now, what's going on in Los Angeles? <laughs> if you walk down the streets here, and you can go through many other streets, not just over here in the neighborhood, but in, 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 in all cities across the United States, especially places like Los Angeles, New York, Places that perhaps we will say there will be many people that will not be so happy if Donald Trump pulls off a victory tomorrow. All the stores are boarded up. Literally, go to go to the grocery stores here. Go to the big. I just went and I bought a suit today. The places are boarded up. It's, that just shows how crazy society we have today. If people are going to get upset, they have the right. They're legit. They're angry. We have to let people let their anger out. It's so ridiculous. Talk about Sodom and Amora. I mean, what kind of what kind of behavior is this? 
Imagine it would have been the other way around. God forbid. Imagine if it would be right wing uh, would, that would walk through the street and, and would bang, smash doors and break. I think it would be very different, but for whatever reason, it gets a pass. You'll have to deal with it. I'm sorry, people. It, I, I, get, I, I mean, Hashem should protect us all. Hashem should send the malachim to protect. Will there be a day of rage? God should protect us all. A day of rage? A week of rage? Um, who knows? I don't even know. But in any case, what does it say in the parasha? That all the people ganged up on the house. They ganged. And what does it say? Vayikshu, and they approached Lijboi Resadel. They wanted to break the door, to smash the door. Take a look. What's going on? You know, they're going to, smashing Walmart, smashing this, all the, all the stores. Well, some really fancy stores as well. Lijboi Resadel. What does it say? It says, ha'ir. This is, I'm, I'm telling you what it says in Svarim. Ha'ir, the people of the city, Sedom, the people of Sedom, Nosabu al Habayas. They surrounded the house. Habayas, the house. So, in, 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 uh, again, I'm not sure exactly who it is, but one of the earlier ones, he says, what really they were ganging up? They, and it says that everybody came, Mikatse, from the whole city, Mikatse, from the end. What does that mean? They subconsciously were now ready to fight because they sensed Mashiach's being extraction. They sensed King David's soul. And these were wicked people, so they wanted to, they wanted to snuff it out. So they surrounded the house. The house means King David's house. Because David the Melech is there. And that King David's house doesn't mean King David's private residence. It means the Beis Amigdash. They were fighting the third temple. They were screaming two-state solution. They were going to fight, bring back the Palestinian uh, whatever. This is what it is. It's just, it's just different forms. It's the, same, it's the same idea. They're fighting the house. They're fighting the big Samish. They're fighting King David. That's why it says, Mikatze. Katze is the same word. Hakates, 195, as we said earlier. The end. They're fighting against the end. And that's why Lijbar, they want to break Deles. The door, they want to break King David. David is called the door, as he says, Aramimcha Hashem. I exalt you, God, because you lifted me up. And the word Delisani is the word Deles. King David is the door. That's why when Shlomo Melech wanted to bring the Aron, the Holy Ark, into the Beis Amigdash, it wouldn't open up until he mentioned Bavur David Avdecha for the sake of King David, your servant, Al Tashet Pnei Meshecha, don't, don't turn us away. And that's when the door is flung open. King David is called the door of holiness. So they wanted to break the doors, they wanted to break Mashiach. So this terrible fight that's, that's going on right now, imagine if that's taking place 4,000 years ago and we're so far from Mashiach, they're already fighting to break the door and break the base of Mignesh. Could you imagine as the Sutton stands at the last seconds, he's breathing his last and it's about to happen. They're going to go nuts. And this is the fight that's happening right now. to break the door. But here's the cool part. In the end, the Malachim don't let them harm. The Malachim rescue 45. They rescue Lloyd. And they extract him. They pull him out. Him and his two daughters. Now, the merit that Lloyd was redeemed was in the merit of Mashiach. Now, we had this already a long discussion. The significance of the number 45. It means Adam. But 45 is the number of tikkun, the 
power of Tikkun, the whole power of Torah and mitzvahs and the Jewish people is the number of 45. That's why I believe that President 45, this is the complete level of Tikkun, which we completed a Tikkun in this world. Esav, after he's fixed, is 45. So what do you have this week? And I, because I, 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 the one question I had if Trump is going to survive into the next and given another term was, the question is, maybe, maybe he finished his job already. Maybe he's done already. And whatever he needed to do, he did already. And now, you know, and again, my prayer is Mashiach should come even before we start, before, the, before we, we actually go to, into election day. Let Mashiach literally come. We don't need any of this anymore. And I wish for that. But as it seems like it's going, if it still has to like go through a process, he seems to be the one that's facilitating this messianic process. But does 45 need to get another term? Does he need eight years or four years was enough? What does it say when they took Lot? One of the beautiful words, because when we read it, we say a shalsheles. Shalsheles is one of the traps where you go, ah, 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 ah. it's like a whole, like which word is it? I'm not a balkore, so don't uh, learn the shalsheles for me. What does it say? Vayismamo, and he delayed. Vayachziku anoshim beyadei, and they grabbed him. But the word is vayismamo. The word mamo is vayis ma memhei memhei two times forty-five. And the word on it is a shalsheles because shalsheles. It says as far. I'm not saying my own thing. It says it's the merit that he had is the two 45s. One is Avram Avinu and one is David Amelech, both 45. Which, by the way, 45 and 45 is, is 90, which 90 is Moshiach, Tzemach. But here it's 45 and 45. And Vayisma Ma and Shalsheles is referring to, Shalsheles also means a, 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 a chain. And that it refers to a chain of, 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 of offspring. This is referring to the offspring of the Davidic kingdom, that's the Shalshelas. So the Shalshelas, and which means that sometimes you have an individual whose being is just, he's, he's facilitating the Malchus of Beis David, it's not his own thing. And it's interesting how the word, again, this is my own thought, again, I saw in a Sefer that Ma-Ma is two times 45, but as it applies now, is that on this day, it seems like, may Hashem help, He's going to be given a second, 45 is going to be giving his second chance. And hopefully now, may God help that he's going to complete what needs to be completed. So I would be, I would wish I can stay a little longer and uh, continue in exploring this and sharing some other ideas over here. But I think I've covered most of what I wanted to say. Um, the main thing is that we have to realize that we're living in fantastic times. And what we're seeing now is just incredible biblical prophecy playing out. And the, the, the geula is, is, and um, yeah, tomorrow's Chomesh is the extraction of Mashiach, the extraction, the revelation of Mashiach. Even if it's, again, to be found not in the, in the how we would, you know, how would we have expected? We've already, mentioned that Donald Trump is gematria, Mashiach ben David. It doesn't mean God 
God forbid that he's Mashiach. <laughs> Not in a million years. But it does mean that he has somehow a hand in this messianic process. So may God bless him with another, that, he, that 45 gets another 45. Add those two 45s together, you get Sadik. May that add up to Tzemach Tzemachti, the coming of Mashiach, the full and complete coming of Mashiach. And may that be take from Yad Mamish. May that be now, now, and now. And uh, straight from here to Yerushalayim, to the Third Temple. Everyone be well.